Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagian, by far. He was my favorite player. Of all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to episode 32 of Good Guys Talk Back fan-centric, blue-collar Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, I am Nick Morawski. We are recording on Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. Um, Ronaldo Lopez is on the hill tonight as we're recording this Game 3 of uh, Sox-Marlins before the Twins come to town uh, tomorrow. Uh, If you're joining us for the first time, uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, welcome. Hopefully you, you pass this podcast along. If you've been with us since the beginning, thank you so much. Welcome back. A um, lot to discuss uh, on our socks. Hopefully they can uh, win this series from the Marlins. We'll try to check in on that game as it's happening, especially with the new Lopez on the Hill. But let me bring in my co-host, Jeff Julian. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, do a lot better if we got a uh, a Sox win and a quality start from Lopez tonight. Um, you uh, you saw some baseball on Monday. I want to I want to get to that uh, as we kind of take us through the state of the Sox. Uh, want to get into some Ricky stuff. Want to talk about um, you know Harold being in the hall and uh, and what that might what that might look like for future White Sox Hall of Famers. Uh, with Burley's 10-year uh, anniversary, the perfect game yesterday, is Burley a Hall of Famer? Uh, and the trade deadline is coming up uh, exactly a week from today. Who is on the move potentially for our Sox? Um, Sox are 45-53. and 53. Um, Their run differential is horrible. Minus 94. Last 10 games, they are 3-7. and seven. And if you are still following that wild card, uh, they're 11 games back as we record tonight. Um, won the first game against the Marlins on Monday in deciding fashion. Uh, lost last night. Pretty pathetic effort offensively. Uh, and tonight uh, they cap it off. Um, and that is before taking two or three from Tampa in Tampa. Jeff, you, uh, you're at Monday's game. Uh, that, was the, that was the pounding. Um, what did you take away? What was the vibe the like? Ball was flying out of the yeah. park, and it was a really well attended game for a Monday night. I think people were coming off a pretty hot weather weekend, and it just felt good. It was a nice kind of cool, like sixty eight, seventy degrees. Beautiful, beautiful baseball evening, and I was actually kind of surprised because I, I feel like I associate hotter temperatures and a windier day with the ball flying out of the park that way. But it was really the, the, the home runs were, were flying out of there and the team looked good. They, they played well. Mm-hmm. It was a, a fun game to be at. Um, that was my first time with the netting. Didn't really bother me at all. Uh, there was no issues in terms of that. And, uh, 
you know, my only complaint would be the people trying to get the wave going uh, out in the bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. No, it, <laughs> it's like your team is winning. You can yeah. focus on the on the game. Why mm-hmm. are you trying to get people to do the wave? It's I, a, I'm just so glad watch, you brought that watch up. Watch the damn game. Um, you know, I had written that, that down in notes uh, many weeks past because I experienced that too. Uh, and I experienced it uh, weeks ago when Minnesota came to town and they had beat Minnesota, and that was a big game. And during a very close game, it was like a two-run game, folks were start turning to start the wave in the left field bleachers. And <laughs> it would know. try to it would work itself around. And once it got to where the season ticket holder section, they completely squashed it. Yeah. And I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I think there was a time and place years and years ago when, you know, I um you know, I might have seen the value in that as just like a, you know, a teenager, early 20 or something. And I, I don't get it, especially when your team is in a close game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what that is all about. I, it I, seems like something to do when you're getting blown out. Like if the Marlins were winning nine to one, then I could see maybe if you're just super bored and, you know, you're passing the time. But yeah. your, your team's winning. I, I didn't see the point of it. The other cool thing, I should have snapped a picture of it. There was a guy sitting a couple of rows in front of us who had a poster and it had team logos on it. Mm-hmm. And there were slashes through all the parks that he had been oh, to. Oh, nice. And he was going to all of them this summer. And he had already wow. been to like 23 or four parks. So I'm assuming he was doing Wrigley and then, um, wow. and then Guaranteed Rate while he was here wow. and then off to maybe Seattle or something like that. But yeah, it was pretty cool. He was, you know, uh, had the sign up a couple of yeah, times yeah. and somebody in our row or near us was like, Hey, what's your sign say? And he turned around and yeah. he had all those, all those parks marked off. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You, you run into those people every now and then going to the ball game, you know, stand in line for concessions or maybe before you get in. Cause some of these folks like to see batting practice, you know, maybe grab a couple, uh, you know, home run balls, um, that, that's awesome, man. Um, and the netting didn't bother you. Were you at netting level down yeah, there? We were in section 149. Yeah. So a little bit past the third base and yeah. no, it, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It's the same thing with a hockey game. Like once you get used to it being there, you just, you look through it. It's not a, it, 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 it was never an issue. My, my issue more was the, the way those seats face. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I was on the aisle and I was talking to, I had two friends with me and they were to my left and I was talking to them. So I kind of felt like at that point in the park, you're almost equally split between the outfield Mm -hmm, and your mm -hmm. eyes are, your eyes are towards outfield. So you're almost kind of turned with your neck crane to keep an eye on what's happening at home plate. So a couple of times there, there was one point where there was a foul ball hit back and, hit the ump right in the face mm-hmm. but i was I had my face turned you hear like oh and then you turn around and you see the guy laying on the ground sure. and you hear oh he got hit but i didn't see that because i was kind of talking and mm. facing so that yeah. that was my only kind of observation about those seats mm-hmm. just sort of where where it naturally puts your gaze but no mm-hmm. i had no issues with mm-hmm. the netting i walked out at one point to get a drink and i started heading towards the speed pitch because it was close yeah uh-huh and then there were quite a few people oh, there so man. and then i thought now i'm gonna get in there and do it and then there were a couple of really young kids and i was like i don't know that i have the courage that's a horrible or, feeling <laughs> or is... the ability to go up there uh-huh. and not throw well yeah. and then have 
some 10, 12 year old uh, out throw me. So I decided to stick with my 45. It would make and, their uh, summer though. Yeah, it would be well, something they would like write a little two paragraph report on the first prefer, day of school. Uh, <laughs> I'd prefer they had a crappy summer and I, uh, well, <laughs> I didn't have to put my pride Cause it was line. nice out. The joints yeah. are loose. Yeah. The muscles are loose. Not a lot of stretching involved. I prefer to throw only in April. Mm-hmm. So that'll, no. that'll be the next time okay. that I throw, throw the speed pitch oh. when we go next year in April. Well, you had a a hell of a game on Monday. Um, Nova, this is the guy that the Sox were hoping for. Uh, He threw a complete game, um, almost didn't get that chance. But uh, I think uh, Abreu and some other folks lobbied. Uh, Ricky came out, was about to take the ball in the ninth. And I think Nova was kind of shouting at him, too. And and Ricky, uh, you know, allowed him to finish up that game. And that was great, you know. and then, you know, the offense comes alive with a good starting pitching effort. And then last night, it's the tale of two teams. It's what we've been talking about uh, the entire season. We've been mentioning on this podcast, when there is a good starting pitching performance, the Sox bats come alive. When our starting pitching fails and just, you know, they, they almost can't even get out of two, three, four innings without giving up four or five. The offense isn't there. And you kind of want to see that, you know, trend in a different direction because, you know, especially the rest of this season, our starting pitching is not going to be there all the way. And it would be nice to see that offense every now and then bail out a horrible pitching performance uh, and get some of those runs back. Uh, It wasn't the case last night. And we'll see uh, here what happens uh, with the new Lopez. Uh, And he's pitching. I don't know, if Jeff, if you've got – any information on what's happening on with the game right now, but top of the fourth, nothing, nothing. And the Lopez line is one hit, one walk, three strikeouts. His second half numbers are great. I mean, this guy called his shot uh, at the end of the first half going into the all-star break. You know, we, we picked it apart in one of the episodes. He's got to do something. He just can't say he's going to be a brand new pitcher. He's got to change some things up. His second half numbers, 13 innings, two earned runs, 15 strikeouts, three walks, zero home runs. I mean, how is he doing it? Mixing up speeds, you know, getting ground balls, you know, hitting spots. Uh, it's back to basics. I mean, when you could switch up the eye level, you know, Stone talks about it all the time. It's such you're you're pitching smarter, not harder. And I that's what I was starting to see in the first half with Lopez. He was trying to blow pitchers uh, or hitters away. You know, he's got the lively arm, but be smarter. You know, mix it up. He's trusting his second tier stuff. You know, he's hitting his spots with his breaking pitches. And, and this right now, four innings with nothing across, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah, I think it's good to see that he's pitching well and that especially in Tampa that both he and Giolito pitched well. Those are clearly two cornerstones of your pitching staff in the in the future, in 2020 and, and beyond. So, yeah, I think it's good. I don't know if it's enough to say he's going to be better than – than we thought he was going to be or what the numbers have said so far, but certainly that's encouraging. I'd rather see him come out and win two or three games and get back on track than, than not. When do you think it's a big enough sample size to say, you know what, this is a trend. I think this is who we're, this is what he's going to be the second half. I don't know because I think, well, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe another few games could be, you could say that's what he's going to be for the second half, but I still don't know that, that makes a difference in what his career numbers are telling mm-hmm. you so far, which is 
right now he looks like a 500 yeah. win kind of pitcher. Mm-hmm. Not not 500 wins, but you know, winning yeah, five, you sure. Know, um, somewhere in the 500 percentage, yeah, uh, yeah. wins in, in a you know, a four, a four to five ERA, which mm-hmm. you know, if if he can pitch a bunch of innings for you, that's fifth starter, fourth, yeah. fifth starter for sure, uh, yeah, ma- material, uh, maybe even a three if he could, you know, pick up uh, maybe knock that ERA down a little bit and, yeah. and win a few more games, yeah. but I, I just I, I don't know that there's enough yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I think if he pitches, if he stays healthy and pitches another like 180, 190 mm-hmm. innings like he did last year and settles in somewhere, he's five and eight right now. And if he, you know, stays close to, yeah. to 500 or in mm-hmm. that, in that ballpark, then maybe that's good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's what you thought mm-hmm. you were getting when you, when you traded for right. him, but you know. Right. I mean, Giolito right now is the gem of that trade, and you wanted Lopez to be a part of that rotation. We needed pitching at the time that deal was made with Eaton. Uh, you know, this is his third start in the second half. If, if I could see these numbers stay the same or are relatively the same after five or six starts, I'm feeling really confident uh, with him, you know, trending in the right direction uh, into the offseason. Well, and that's certainly another way to look at it. If you were to say to yourself as you traded Adam Eaton that I'm going to get a number a number one starter with lights out stuff like Giolito and a four or five that'll mm-hmm. be a reliable 180 200 innings guy you'd probably do that every single sure. time yeah you know yeah and that's the thing with Lopez he logs the innings yeah I mean he's going to the bump uh the results just haven't been there uh this this first half and uh, things uh, have been pretty fun to watch for him this second half uh you know, some negatives uh, with this team. I mean, they're, they're, there's a handful of them. Um, you know, they're, tw- they're bottom of the league in runs scored and last uh, in, in Major League Baseball in drawing walks. Uh, they're just not getting on base. And, and, you, and you see it then, um, you know, with some of these offensive performances like last night. You know, they, they only had two hits last night. You're going to score a lot of runs with two hits. I mean, I don't know. It, it, Garcia is still at the top of that lineup, and Mankata was in the two-hole. He's been shuffle, uh, shuffled down. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But you got to get on base. I, I want to see that improve. Um, and McCann's hitting 138 over the last seven games. So, I mean, that's your – You asked me what I was worried about last podcast. Yeah. There, there it is right there. Yeah, the dip-off with McCann. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he seems to be getting hits when we need hits. Uh, the most notable is this past weekend, you know, against the Rays, getting a hit in the ninth inning to tie the game up, and then the Sox win it in extras. Um, but the last seven games have been rough. Uh, the guy that's been surprising me the last seven games is John Jay. Uh, he's getting on base. You know, I, 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 don't, I can't speak too much for his defense. He's been kind of bounced around in the outfield. He's playing left field right now with Eloy Jimenez out, but I mean, that guy hits, he gets on. I, I, you know, I don't know if he's a guy that you try to flip. It's unfortunate because of the injuries at the beginning of the season, but if he had continued to do this throughout the year, that's a guy that's not in the cards for next year. That would have been a guy we could have packaged. I bet, uh, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda and sent. Yeah. It's hard to look at him as anything else other than part of the Manny mistake. At least, at least for me. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to get a yeah. couple of good games out of him. But, yeah. but all I can think of is that was just part of a 
mismanaged off season. And, and I mean, you know, obviously we don't have to look at yonder Alonzo anymore, which is nice, but, uh, John Jay's just a reminder for me, especially mm-hmm. with them being in town this week too. And then that other number that we'll get to later yeah. about, yeah. about ratings in, in yeah. increases. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's talk, uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Ricky. Let's talk about, you know, this team, um, does he have control over the team? Uh, are they responding to him? Uh, after the all-star break, this team was God awful. Uh, they got swept in Oakland. They lost four games to the Kansas city Royals. One game was like 11 to nothing. Um, it, it, it was horrible. The last time we recorded this podcast, they were in the middle uh, of that. They were in the middle of game three and they ended up losing that, that night game. And then the day game, um, you know, it, it really all hell broke loose. Um, after, you know, after the, um, after the loss, the third game loss, you know, Gian was, uh, Ozzie Gian was doing the post game show on NBC sports, Chicago. And he, he went off and, and I loved hearing it. And, and I, you know, my heart says I'd love to see Ozzy back in a White Sox uniform in in the dugout, but my head is I, it's just not going to happen. You know, I've been there, done that. You know, I, I've already seen that. Uh, but he, what he said was correct, and I think Jeff, you would agree with it. Somebody had to step up. Somebody had to say something. You know, where are the team leaders uh, on this organization to get them in the right direction? Um, and then the day game, the fourth game uh, of the Royal Series. Ricky gets thrown out in the second inning, arguing balls and strikes, you know, and he's covering his mouth uh, with his hat, you know, yelling at the umpire. And all I can think of is him saying, please throw me out. I need to get my team. uh, I need my team back. Uh, Please just throw me out. Just throw me out. I need this. I need this. It just seems pathetic. It just seems pathetic to me. You kind of you cut through all of that. And him getting tossed in the second inning, arguing balls and strikes when the Sox were up at that point. I mean, that's him just trying to get a rise out of his team. And and then articles came out around that time that Abreu has stepped up and tried to be vocal. And, you know, it said kind of things through the media. Uh, And he almost like he was lobbying for Robert, uh, Luis Robert, to be brought up because he's like, we need some offense. And until the organization gives us some offense, um, we're in dire straits. McCann, another guy that I hear, uh, is taking the, the vocal team leader role, which, which I love. This is the re- one of the reasons why I want to see McCann around, because he is a mentor. He can be a leader. And, you know, he, he put it up at the Rays uh, series, and he's been struggling offensively. But you could see him, when the camera pans to the dugout, you can see him saying to different, you know, to different teammates, you know, this is what I saw in your at-bat, or this is what I saw, especially in Monday's game. You know, he had a successful game. He had a home run. He gets back into the dugout, and he's talking to Ryan Gones, and he's talking to other guys that have just recently brought up, this is what this guy's throwing. This is what I saw. As a right-handed hitter, I think you might be able to do this successfully. Okay? Now, things were lost for seven games. Did things get back on track with two out of three from Tampa? In your mind, is that what you're? I'm asking <laughs> is you. Is that a question? I'm asking you. The the I, taste did the taste at no, all leave? I, for for me, that seven games, it, it, it told me, it, it 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 clarified things for me for this team on how to analyze this team, how to look at this team, 
And we've talked about this before. We didn't, and you set up the three mm-hmm. scenarios yeah. last time. Yeah. And we've talked about the struggle on how to fairly analyze this team. What's a fair expectation? What's realistic? What's unrealistic? And for me, that seven game series, it was, you know, it, it was really frustrating. Yeah, it was, sure. Because in, in my mind, you had a team coming out of the All-Star break uh-huh. that was 42 and 44. Yeah. They were two games under yeah. 500. The closest they'd been since they hit hit 500 yeah. somewhere. Six in the, out of the wild yeah, card. Six out of like the that. wild card. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you're in the wild card. But sure. the wild card, it's it's you can play for that. You can, yeah. and so, so to me, I looked at that stretch of games, and it wasn't just those seven, although to me, those seven told you what you needed mm-hmm. to know. But yeah. that stretch of games, and it was going to be tough. It was on the road against tough teams. We talked about that. But we had, based on our predictions mm-hmm. out of that, I think we both believed that that was a competitive baseball team yep. that had a chance to play mm-hmm. some decent baseball against some a tough team in Oakland, against a terrible team in Kansas City, yeah. and then a tough team in Tampa Bay, and maybe at the very least tread water mm-hmm. and stay stay competitive mm-hmm. and what did they do they went out and lost 7 games in a row and fo- and what bothers me forget about Oakland Oakland's a really good team but they lost 3 to Oakland then you go and lose 4 in a sure. row in Kansas City yeah. and so to me after that great I'm glad they won 2 out of 3 in Tampa it was good to see Giolito and and Lopez pitch well mm-hmm. but after the seven in a row, to me, it's it, it starts to become games that don't mean as much. I I will never say any baseball game in a season until maybe September if you're thirty games out. Yeah, um, is I won't say any game is meaningless, mm-hmm. but I will say they're less meaningful. And and when you started the break, you had meaningful games in front of you, and then you lost seven, and you got yourself out of the wild card. You're way out of the division. Well, the sure, division's yeah, not yeah, even, don't even worry so, about that. But but now that you're out of the wild card, you really. There's there's less to play for other than uh, just let, let me yeah, finish because because yeah. I, I, no, I know you I, don't I know, agree with yeah. me because no. <laughs> um, we talked about it before we probably should have been rolling tape then because no, it was hot it but, was hot yeah um, this this pisses me off about this team because um, after that seven game skid now it doesn't to me th- this is what changed in my mind now I realize. I was over optimistic about this team based on the way they were playing. Now I know they're not ready to win meaningful games. They're 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 when when it's set out in front of them, they're the players, the the young players aren't there yet. They still gotta develop. We knew that. The veterans, there's not enough juice there Mm -hmm. to lift that up. And the pitching staff, even though they've got an ace all-star and a, a pretty good pitcher in in, in Lopez, the rest of the staff isn't there. Shaky. To, isn't, isn't there yeah. to balance it out. Yeah. So to me, the rest of this season, I'm not, I, I won't, I'll watch it differently. Mm. I'll be watching for individual mm-hmm. improvement by players mm-hmm. and less about wins and, and losses overall, because mm-hmm. I just don't think it matters anymore. When you, when you put seven down like that, I think you're saying to the league, we're not really we're even even if it was if maybe if, if it was over overly optimistic at the break it's clear now yeah. they're not ready to win and so to me sure the last thing i'll say is that yeah. seven game series or that not series but the seven game losing streak told me what i needed to know about ricky for mm-hmm. this season and that's that 
at I, I think you got to give him a C as a manager because they're 20 games over um, where, where they were last year yeah. at this point. Yeah. But um, in terms of that's managing, um, that's, that's managing overall. But to me, you got to give him an incomplete on managing games that matter because those games mattered and you lost seven in a row. Sure. And then yeah. when it didn't matter, and I'm not saying that the Tampa series didn't matter, but it was like, Hey, you already lost seven. You're out of the wild card race effectively now. And you, you come up and you take two from a sliding Tampa Bay team. I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to give you credit for that after you just, um, you know, I get it. I, I mean, I get that. I understand that. I, I am in agreement uh, with the feelings. I mean, it felt like just a gut punch. Uh, it was tough to overcome uh, that sweep in in Kansas City. Uh, and and you're right. It, it it's meaningless in terms of record. If we're hemming and hawing about the record moving forward, we've lost it because they are not set up. This team organizationally is not set up to go down the stretch and put a full season of competitive baseball where they're vying for the division or they're vying for the wild card. Okay, so yeah, don't be looking for the record. Don't be looking at the numbers. But in terms for me, I value, I value a manager, and a manager is going to manage personalities, egos, people, uh, chemistry in a dugout. There's only so much Ricky can do about what Covey does on the hill, what Detweiler does on the hill. You know, um, what Rondon is going to do with the bat, what Sanchez is going to do with the bat. You know, there's only so much that can happen in terms of Eloy getting hurt, Anderson getting hurt. You know, he, he's he got a tough gig, but the gig is shaking things up. The gig is, is hopefully listening to the leaders, having conversations with those people, trusting his coaches, and managing what's happening behind the scenes. But but For the how fact you, that he got them back on track and got two out of three. But he in Tampa, also okay. But if if he gets credit for getting them back on track, then does he not have to take credit for the fact that they lost seven in a row coming out of the break? It was bad baseball. He he definitely has to have those L's go on his name. You gotta and, own and, that. And, and, you he, have he to. will own that. But there's the that's the ebb and flow. And but you it know, still matters. Lacking offense, you know, in Sunday's game against the Rays, you know, he saw he wanted to make a change. So in Monday, the game you were at, you know, he flips Mankata and puts Mankata in cleanup behind Abreu, and he takes Jay into the two hole. Mankata just breaks out. He has a ridiculous game on Monday. They score nine runs. You know, Abreu's praising the move to putting Mankata at cleanup. I love having a guy behind me finally, you know, where I can see pitches uh, and I'm going to be more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, that's the role of a manager to shake things up. And Ricky gets a ton of blame, and I get it, for bouncing the lineup everywhere. But I just think he's trying to see what sticks right now because he will get it incomplete at this end of this year because he doesn't have a competitive, you know, division-winning lineup yet. I just think it it becomes what do you judge him on and and I judge him on if this if he can't control these egos and these personalities and you know he is mismanaging and not learning from his mistakes in terms of maybe seeing who's hot and where I need to put the lineups who I should be throwing maybe as as defense substitutions but there's only so much he can do as a manager I mean this goes back to the whole showbiz pizza band uh, robo uh, robo manager 
where you just dial up, you know, whatever sabermetrics and fan graph numbers and, you know, you put that into a computer and out spits your lineup. I mean, anybody can do that. It, it, the, well, I think the manager t- has to deal with more of the people. That's fine. I'm but a to people me, person. But but to me, if, they're, if they are 10 games, 11, 12 games out of the wild card and they're not playing for anything, then I don't think going on a five-game winning streak is, is something worth okay. celebrating for him as man, doing some great managing. Well, hey, when the when the games mattered, you couldn't manage your way out of a paper bag. You lost seven games in a row. I think some of that has to do with player development. That, I, I understand fine, if you say but, if you say five in a row, but I think it's the way they win or the way they lose. Okay, you know, it, so they lost badly over those seven games. But remember what we talk about. It's the, who is starting the game. It's the pitchers. I'll give you two. Lito and Lopez two pitched of those both games, of those games. Two of those games in Kansas City were a Giolito and a Cease, like his second start ever in the majors. Okay, Giolito, he gave up maybe four runs. He wasn't perfect at all. Sox had zero offense to help out Giolito. Four runs should be able to get you potentially a win. But I'm not talking this way about this team if they take two of four from Kansas City and two of three from Tampa Bay. This is a different conversation. So what happens if they win tonight against Miami? They take two or three from Miami. You still have to play the games. The new Lopez has a hell of a start. That feels like um, like a, a sitcom that's starring uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It's, it's uh, the sitcom that's going to be packaged with 35th and Shield. Uh, uh, nobody knows about that. You can't just throw that out there. I just gave up a huge off-season project of ours. Well, we'll, we'll get to that next that next next week i just i feel like in i i would love you know the, the best part for me is coming to this realization it it takes a lot of the stress out of the rest of the, the this season because to me mm. you watch individual players you hope the giolito stay strong you hope lopez comes around you hope cease figures it out you hope that um, jimenez gets back and gets to actually continue um, playing well and then the managing piece, I don't care, you know, but because because do- he's going to be here anyhow. He's already going to be here anyhow. We know that. So who give it? It doesn't matter. Who Win do or lose. Who do you want in that position? I, I don't do know that I want yet? anybody. But what what I feel like what really bothers Darryl me. Daryl Boston, you want Daryl yes, Boston? I'm a Daryl Boston guy. As I text you, I think he's the only guy on the team. He's the only one of the coaching staff that I knows what he's my, talking I about. My phone and my wife goes, "What happened?" I just I got the most ridiculous text. From Julian, he's in the Daryl Boston camp. What no. do you see about him? He's the guy that let uh, Abreu lap Anderson or whatever it was, and they got called well, out earlier in the year. As, he's got one job as a first base coach. As you say, the coaches can only do so much. It's really up to the players. So maybe Abreu should have stopped there. Look, <laughs> I, I just, you know, it, it's how you get there. It's you how you get there, man. this scenario where – where Ricky cannot be criticized. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he can though. If he doesn't learn from his mistakes and he doesn't shuffle the lineup or if he leaves a pitcher and you know, if he would have took Nova out and he wouldn't have let Nova had a complete game, I think I would have been bad mouthing him <laughs> left and right. <laughs> so, so they, they go on that seven game yeah. losing streak. Yeah. And, and you're like, he gets ah, a promotion. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, you know, I'm, if he didn't get thrown out of that game and he, if I didn't get some energy from him, you know, there was going to be problems. Getting thrown out isn't managing. 
That's it, not managing. It's showing your it's showing your players. I mean, when an, when a manager goes out and argues for a player about balls and strikes, that I think makes a huge deal in that player's psyche of this guy's got my back. Okay, but that is not strategic managing within the game and helping your team win. That may fire up a player and that and well, that may strengthen a relationship, but it's not a move within a game that that leads you to winning. That's not having a hunch or saying, hey, you know, I read up on so-and-so and I think when he faces lefties after the seventh inning, he can't hit him. Okay, well, let's put so-and-so in. That's a <laughs> that's a manager move, right? That's a, that's a strategic move. Getting thrown out of a game, who cares? I mean, yeah, it fires him up, but that's an emotional thing. It's not a, it's not a strategic thing. What did you see in that seven-game um, losing streak that you thought kept it from being nine? What I, I saw By after... Him. after from him, I mean, I saw some p- pathetic play from the team. And when I listened to uh, Gian's rant and raves uh, on the post game, I was getting fired up myself. You know, it was almost like Gian was auditioning for the gig. He's like, I know how to take care of this. I know how to manage this. I know how to get, you know, this team jacked up again. And, you know, Rentary had to do something. You know, I get it. It's not the smartest strategy to go ahead and get thrown out of a game. But, some player might that might click in some player's head as this guy is pissed off. This guy's going to bat for us, and it could be a domino effect. I don't know, but they won two out of three in Tampa. In Tampa, hey, I would love to see them get the record back close to even and, and get back into the wild card so we could watch him manage games that mattered. And I'm not saying these games don't matter I, I overall, yeah. but I'm talking about there, there's a difference between as a as a player. In, in all I can talk about is my own amateur experiences. But when, when you and I are playing in our bocce league yeah, sure. or, or, you know, when you're playing a Chicago sport yeah, and social, whatever, just, or, yeah, or when, when you're playing volleyball yeah. and you know, you've got a chance to go to win games that will keep you moving up the standings and get you into the playoffs. They feel different I understand. and they play differently. And, and your experience is different, okay? When you're bottom of the league and you're out of it, you're, you you still play, you try hard, but the games don't feel the same way because you're not playing for something. And so that's what I'm saying. I, I felt like in that moment in time, what, we had a chance to watch the team, and we had a chance to watch the coaches in games that mattered, and they were flat. So I hope they get a chance again sometime this year, whether it's a series that could get them back to 500 or, or I, I think you're right. I think the wild card's out of it. But you know, you could still play for 500 as a as a sure, as a mark, yeah. as an improvement mark for the year. Yeah, absolutely. And so I hope that they get a chance to do that, and then we can accurately continue assessing him as a manager. Because I don't know how much assessment you can make about a guy when the games don't matter. What I'm going to be looking at this weekend, uh, you know, this this four game series uh, that's going to happen with Minnesota starting uh, on Thursday, is you are going to get your 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 guys. You're going to get Giolito on Thursday. You're going to get Cease on Friday, and then you're going to get, uh, you know, Nova, who just put in a hell of a performance. You know, and it wasn't just by luck. I mean, he pitched, man. He pitched on Monday. He had a sinker working. He was breaking. Uh, you know, he was breaking with the eye levels. You know, he, he was he was a pitcher. And you got Giolito sees Nova. You know, I'm going to look at this series. I think this series is important. But I, I understand. 
at the end of the day, it, it could just be playing for 500, but you want to see this team put a whole season together. You know, you want to see them not just a half. You want to see them put a whole season. If that Kansas City was just the beginning of the lumps, you know, they're going to lose seven, they're going to win three, and then they're going to lose eight. They'll win four, then they're going to lose nine. If that's what happens towards the second half, yeah, I'm going to get in your, you know, want, you know, Ricky head on that platter. Uh, you know, that's a T-shirt, by the way. We should create a T-shirt. There. <laughs> but but here, uh, I, I think that's an interesting way to phrase it because when this season is done, let's say they finish close to 500. Maybe hey, hope hopefully maybe they'll finish a couple games over 500. That would be awesome, or even even right. a couple games under. If that seven-game losing streak is the only losing streak of that length the whole season, mm-hmm. I don't know how you don't go back to that moment and say that was the moment of this season in terms of looking at them as a team and sure. being competitive. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the development for the future. We knew they weren't going to win yeah. a World Series this year. But you could still go back in time and say, well, yeah, that's where this season kind of became – a, a okay. developmental year now, again. Think, thinking about that, could that situation then be fodder for next year? You know, we've got a competitive team. It's 2020. We've got a lot of horses lined up. And, you know, how the organization and how the staff looks at the All-Star break and says, remember what happened last year when we just came out absolutely flat? We are going to prepare a little bit better because of that happening to us, you know, isn't that you got to learn from your mistakes. I mean, that could be something that they look at as bulletin board material. So maybe it happens for a reason. I don't know. Sure. But whose, whose fault is it when a team comes out flat? Is that the players or the manager? It depends if it's a home game and maybe they just weren't playing thunderstruck at the beginning. It it could be. (laughs) Listen, Uh, um, move it along. uh, One thing that I think we both can uh, agree on and and all Sox fans can agree on is the development of Mankata. You saw a great game by him on Monday and you know, this guy's hitting um, just the daylights out of the ball. I mean, he has been fun to watch. Uh, his numbers are ridiculous compared to last year. You know, you've seen these splits. If you're watching the game, they'll throw the graphics up. You know, folks that do this for a, an absolute living have written about it. Uh, and it's just fun to read these articles. Um, you know, he's playing third uh, for the first time in a Sox uniform. Uh, from what we're being told, it's his natural position. He's got only 12 errors this year. You know, and he, he has been, for, for the most part, healthy. Um, he had 21 errors last year at second base. Um, this is a guy that's putting up career numbers this year. I mean, he's already passed his home run total. He's on, on, his, uh, on his way for RBIs. Uh, he's hitting 300, hitting 336 in the last 30 games. Um, when you look at this offseason, and, you know, we're obviously we'll continue to talk about offseason needs, wish lists, wish lists, uh, moving forward, you know, we heard from Han and that horrible offseason this past year, the money will eventually be spent. They gave Eloy an extension right out of the gates. Do you think you'd be wise to go ahead and just re-up with Mankata? I, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you can get a player or a, a team-friendly deal for a guy that good and lock him up, Long term, I don't see why you wouldn't. You know, he's, now um, I, I don't know who his agent is. I don't know if he's a, uh, 
I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy who represents Bryant and some of the other big no, free agents no, who always I, I takes him to so. no. uh, Boris. He's not. Yeah, a, Boris. No, not. You know, so if if it's no. if it's a guy that you can get a deal with, yeah, sign that guy. I don't I don't see anything about about Mancata that 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 this is a mirage or this yeah. is a, this is a blip. This is the development of a of a star mm-hmm. in this league and. Yeah, I would I would sign him uh, as soon as you can. Uh, he's term. he's um, arbitration eligible um, after twenty twenty one, free agent after twenty twenty four. Eloy signed through twenty twenty four with TM options in twenty five twenty six. Um, you know, well, I, maybe they don't have to worry about it if he signed through twenty twenty four. I mean, you give him a two to three year extension, maybe you know, four uh, yeah. year extension, you know, twenty million a year. I mean. I, I just think you want to make sure he's around uh, alongside Aloy. You know, I don't think a Brave is going to be along that around that long. You know, guys like Kopech, Cease, Giolito, you, you just want to keep everybody in that same window, you know? Well, that's uh, why with him being uh, not his free agency year, not coming up until 2024, I wonder if they think in their minds, and again, this is where I'm way out of my expertise mm-hmm. in terms of spending free sure, agent sure, money. Sure. But maybe they, maybe it's like we've got to keep that money for something else. So yeah. we've got to, for a, an arm or something that, that gets us in into uh, contention within that window yeah. rather than signing him. But yeah, I, I, I mean, that, that is, that is going to be the work uh, of the organization and uh, you know, we'll all be, you know, nitpicking at it. And, you know, again, we'll continue to talk about this uh, as you Sox fans do with, you know, friends, coworkers, partners, I mean, at, at Sox games at the bar watching it, you know, with family in front of the TV, what this team does moving forward I think we all want to see more more quality arms. You know, a guy like Garrett Cole would look really good in black and white. But do you also invest in current talent just to make sure they're still around? Um, For sure. And uh, uh, since we since we started it, we might as well yeah. continue it. Lopez yeah. watch another quality yeah. start okay. from him. Six okay. innings, two hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. Okay. So I think the. Uh, we weren't sure whether to believe it or not, yeah. but uh, he yeah. called himself the new Lopez yeah. in the second half, and, and yeah. here it is. I'm going to look at uh, that game footage uh, tomorrow, um, and just I, from what the line you read, you know, I'm 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 assuming I'm going to see what I saw in that second start. You know, mixing up his eye levels, you know, trusting his second level stuff, his off speed stuff, hitting his spots, and when he's got that rising fastball. It rises if he's going to be using that as a wipeout pitch. But boy, the bats have dried up again for yeah. the second night in a row. They're getting one hit right now. Uh, Lurie Garcia with the only hit. Gosh, man, he... Ryan Goins with a with a walk, and everybody mm. else is is uh, the big zero. Um, speaking of zeros, uh, yesterday was the ten year anniversary of Mark Burley's perfect game. A yeah. whole lot of zeros yeah. uh, on that scoreboard, no doubt. Um, they, they did a lot of, you know, highlights and clips and things yesterday during the, uh, the telecast. And, uh, my brother was actually at the game 10 years ago. Oh, that's and awesome. uh, I remember we were about to leave for Detroit to go see the Sox play Detroit and, you know, picked him up after the game and just, you know, heard, heard just the stories that he would tell about the excitement in the crowd and the anticipation and, um, you know, Burley's number was retired by the Sox, number 56, definitely a Hall of Fame White Sox uh, in their, you know, in, in their organization. Uh, and with Harold Baines entering the Hall of Fame this past Sunday, 
Uh, he became the 10th player to wear a White Sox cap on, uh, on his Hall of Fame plaque. Who's next? Who's potentially next to, to have that White Sox hat on their Hall of Fame plaque? Uh, you know, Canerico is eligible next year in 2020. He's going to be on the ballot. Burley will be 2021. Do you look at any of those guys? Do you look at still Minoso, you know, potentially, hopefully getting in? Or do you say to yourself, we're not going to have another Hall of Famer to maybe Mancada's finished or maybe Jimenez? Ah, boy. You know, I feel like we, we talked about Canerco before. Yeah. And I don't remember if, if we felt like he had the numbers or, or not to be, to be a Hall of Famer. But so if you look at baseball reference and you look at baseballreference.com yep, and you look yep. at Mark Burley, I mean, the, what's interesting about him, right, is, you know, he was a workhorse yeah. for a long time. He was bump. that yep. that prototypical yep. lefty who, yep. who just can pitch forever, yeah. right? And then he's got the World Series and yep. then he's got these really interesting individual highlights that are... Mm-hmm that are almost un- unheard of, right? To, yeah. to pitch a perfect game. I've got game some numbers then, if you want numbers. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he... So I, let's go... Canerico, well, I'm on the fence uh, okay. because I, I just he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. It, maybe down the line. I mean, Canerico's got some health, some great numbers. Uh, but I think Burley is the, the case that you can actually make... You can make a case for him getting into the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot uh, Hall of Famer. Um, but I, I think down the road, so he played, he pitched for, you know, 16 seasons, 14 straight seasons of 10 plus wins, 30 plus starts and 200 innings pitched. That is tied with hall of famers, Maddox and Phil Negro. Mm-hmm. He's got a no hitter, a perfect game. He's a world series winner, 20, uh, 214 and 160 lifetime, 381 ERA, Got into the playoffs with the Sox in 2000, 2005, 2008. Five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove. He, and, and then here's, here's, the, here's the silver lining. He was never in the Cy Young talk. Okay, he just was If he gets a Cy Young, if he has a Cy Young on his mantle, you have a really strong case. The case is going to be longevity for Mark Burley. He did it for so long. Yeah, five time, did you say five-time All-Star, five-time four-time All-Star. Gold Glove? So... This is this is what I wanted to share with you. So baseballreference.com does what they call similarity scores, and it's based on something Bill James yeah. put together. Mm-hmm. You can go to the website, and there's a sure. pretty detailed explanation yeah. to it. I don't want to get into that, but here are here are the similar pitchers, the 10 similar pitchers to Mark Burley by similarity score. Milt Pappas, number mm-hmm. one. Jesse Haynes, number two. He's a Hall of Famer. David Wells, Oral Hershiser. Bob Welch, John Lackey, Catfish Hunter, he's a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. Kevin Brown, Rick Ruschel, and Jim Perry. Mm-hmm. Those are the 10 most similar pitchers yeah. to him. Um, do you think David Wells is a Hall of Famer? Man, I, I'd have to pour over his numbers. I always thought he was just a really good pitcher. What about Hershiser? Yeah, Hershiser, you know, he was around for a long time. He's got a World Series. I think he might have a Cy Young. You might even have an MVP. Uh, he, he, he had some really good years as a Dodger. 
Um, so looking at the two that were Hall of Famers, uh, j- just looking at their numbers yeah. quick to compare against Burley, Jesse Haynes, he he played in like the early 1900s. So I don't even know how much of a... Mm-hmm. So let's let's just look at Catfish Hunter, who's, yeah. the, who, who's the other yeah. comp to him who who is a Hall of Famer. Uh, 224 wins, 166 losses, 326 ERA, 500 games, um, 3,400 innings pitched, 2012 of uh, 2012 strikeouts. He was a Hall of uh, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously. Cy Young, eight time All Star, had an yeah, ERA yeah. title, five time yeah. World Series winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Wait, the you know, World Series, you know, I think if you get one, you're in. You're in. With with Burley's resume, to have one World Series is fine. He doesn't need two. He doesn't need three. It's that lack of Cy Young, right? That is what is going to hurt him. Um, but I mean, fourteen straight seasons of ten plus wins, thirty plus starts, two hundred innings pitched. Yeah. Fourteen straight years of pitching two hundred innings. I know you don't get into the Hall of Fame for just staying healthy and like staying out there, but he also was productive when he was out there. So yeah, it'll be. It'll be really interesting to see to see how that shakes out because he does feel like he's right in the in that midpoint, right? I, yeah, I think you know? it also depends on who's on your ballot too, you know, because of the percentage. And he's going on first ballots with him, Tim Hudson, uh, you know, Tor- Tory Hunter, Barry Zito potentially. Uh, yeah. Tim Hudson, I looked at his numbers. I mean, they're actually better than than uh, than Burley's. I think strike the, you know, the the perfect game strike the World Series. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and that and and that's what I meant as as amazing as those individual accomplishments yeah. are. Perfect game, yeah. complete games, um, or, or sorry, no, no, no hitter, no hitter. Yeah. Do they? are they blips? And I say that only because you've got guys that have pitched perfect games and, and, and no hitters. In fact, one, one of the more recent ones for the white Sox was yeah. a guy who yeah, never, yeah, yeah, never sure. to be heard from again. Right. Yeah. So, so well, and I, I only yeah. bring that up no, yeah. as it's, it's not to say that's not an amazing feat, but that's something that can be done based on a lot of factors, right? Like sure. you, you, could, you could have amazing defense behind you. You could run into yeah. a team that's in a total hitting slump. It's a great manager. It's, right, a, a great manager like Ricky on the other <laughs> side. All I'm saying is not to take that away from, from Burley, but it is one of those things where you feel like a Cy Young mm-hmm. does speak more to okay. what, what that pitcher did. Oh, right? I, I like where you're going with this. Does one Cy Young equal... A no hitter, a perfect game, a World Series, you know, uh, four gold gloves. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have the Cy Young, but he's got all these other great, you know. Well, right, but then, then I think it becomes com- comparative to pitchers that are in or out, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you've yeah. got the same yeah. guy who's right, right underneath, and he's not in, and he's got four gold gloves, and he's got um, sure you know, five All Star appearances, yeah. Yeah. and and he's won one World Series, and what? So who yeah. knows? I I think. You know, my heart says, "Yeah, put him in there," but I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at at the guys who are right on the yeah. cusp who aren't in. I, I feel like eventually, you know, my, I just his numbers just jump out. Yeah, you know, they they're not overwhelming. You know, he gets to two fifty wins. It might be a different conversation, but not a not a first ballot. But um, 
I wouldn't be surprised, man. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, congrats to Harold, though. It was great to watch all those clips. And, uh, you know, they're, they're doing a, a Harold Baines Day Sunday, August 11th at the stadium. I'll be there. It should be exciting uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, I really liked what I, I was trying to look it up quickly. I liked what he said about something his dad had said to him about deeds speaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, yeah more than words yeah that was a great line yeah um oh here it is in the end this is a quote from harold baines in the end when you ask me why i never have been outspoken or said very much think of my dad and the lessons he passed on to me many years ago often as we were playing catch in the yard as he told me words are easy deeds are hard Mm -hmm. words can be empty deeds speak loudest and sometimes they echo forever so yeah that beautiful Uh, that was really cool speak softly carry a big stick and uh he came up clutch for so many years and uh, that was awesome to see that um so the trade deadline is coming up next uh wednesday um you know, you got you got the usual suspects uh, in terms of names for the Sox kicked around still. Colome, Bummer, Nova. Um, you know, there hasn't really been much going on at all in, in, in baseball. Uh, but I wanted to switch just kind of mash this together with what is happening with some of the big offseason, you know, moves that happen. Manny and Harper, the two guys at the Sox uh, – you know, this season would have gone a whole different direction. Um, you know, you, you, there was a number that I read recently in terms of viewership and the Sox, you know, because their season has been pretty exciting, you know, credit guys like Tim Anderson and Jimenez and Mankata, uh, viewership is up 41% and that's second, you know, in baseball, second to, only to, to the San Diego Padres. It, they're up 81%. Wow. Right. But we it, called it, right? But, but, don't don't you think that number'd be exactly the same yeah. if he was on the White Sox absolutely. for for the for for the Sox? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know Padres are about the same record as the Sox. They're like seven or eight games under five hundred. Uh, but Manny, particularly, I haven't really been following him too much number wise. I was just pulling the numbers up. He got he got off to a slow start, but it seems like he's coming around a little bit now. Two sixty six batting average. He's got twenty five homers, ninety nine hits and you know, he's um, driven in uh, or he's, he's uh, RBI is at 66. So, you know, his OPS is at eight eight forty six. Mm-hmm. He's, he's playing pretty well. The other, the other member of the Padres, <laughs> you know, that you have to check in yeah. on because, of, because yeah. of the trade is yeah. Fernando Tatis. Oh and, man. You know, he's yeah. 16 homers. He's batting three twenty five. He's got 40 RBIs and 14 stolen bases and a yeah. nine eighty four. uh, OPS. I mean, he's been, so. you know, hurt a little bit this season. Um, I try to block that completely out. You know, there's so many reminders and what, what if, what if, and, it, and it's over. Who did they get know? back for him again? Big game, James oh. Shield. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that one is going to yeah. be when you go back yeah. and look at the Rick Hahn, mm-hmm. the Tommy Hahn tenure. <laughs> that's going to that that'll always stand out, right? Unless. Yeah. Unless they win a World Series, because oh, of some if they of these win a World moves, Series, it's over. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't but that matter. one will, and I and I'm sure for him, it, it's it's that's a monkey on the back. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, that that was that 16 team, right? That they were still trying. Yeah, to, I mean, they were they had a hot start, and then you had that was the Matt Latos, uh, you know. Uh, John Danks just he just didn't have any more in the tank. We needed pitching. We needed pitching to continue to to ride that that hot start and. 
I just it, thought it was interesting uh, with both of those guys yeah. in, in town on uh, the other side of town yeah, to, to kind right. of check in, uh, yeah. check in on How's them. Harper's numbers? Do you have his pulled I up? I can by pull any those chance? up. Yeah. I know the yeah. Na- uh, the Phil- <laughs> Nats, the Phils are, are doing better than the Padres. They're seven or eight games over 500, maybe. maybe well, five and, or six. and the Phillies had a pretty big injury too. that. Um, McCutcheon, I yeah. know, went down not so, too long ago. Yeah, Harper is about where he would normally be at I think in a, in a season his home run numbers might be down a little bit he's got 17 homers he's batting 256 which is you know a little under 20 points off of his average 70 RBIs OPS of 8 841 so yeah I think he's 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 Bryce Harper yeah he's doing what he does man I, I really wanted to see Bryce Harper ah um in a white sax uniform uh all right, let's bookend this then. Uh, your predictions, Jeff, on um, who will be gone, if anybody, next time we talk. Uh, Colome, Bummer, Nova, or, or somebody different? I don't know. I, I was surprised looking at some of the some of the websites, um, MLB trade rumors, yeah, yeah. and then one of our uh, local friends. I think it's Sox, uh, Southside Sox. Yeah, they yeah. both had Abreu listed under you know possible. Yeah, uh, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, and Unle- I, unless it's a deal where they you know we get a ridiculous return and Abreu quickly resigns with us a la Chapman where he, that could he happen, went to the Cubs right? and then signed right back with the Yankees in the off season. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, I think Abreu and Colome are the two biggest chips that you have, whether you should actually mm-hmm. move them or not. Is mm-hmm. it, is a totally different uh, story. And sorry, I just wanted to be corrected. Yeah. Southside showdown.com yeah. is, yeah. is, is where I saw that. Um, but, but yeah, so I would think it's Colome, maybe Bummer. Look, looks like you know somebody might be interested in 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 his talent. Bummer's but, name's getting thrown around a yeah. lot. A uh, lot of interest towards Bummer. Um, I could see them parting with Bummer for the for the right deal. I, I just for some reason I think they're going to hold on to Colome. I hope be that he'll be around next year. I'd be surprised if they don't do something, but I don't know who. I mean, it's it's hard to it's say. A different this, year, and and I think you. You kind of, it would have been interesting again going back to that our our conversation mm-hmm. before. I think if yeah. they had won those games and maybe they're not they're not letting, or if they had played better during that stretch, maybe nobody is is, is going anywhere. Right. I you know the, the San Francisco Giants are kind of in that spot too, where they're like right. two games back of the wild card and. What do you do? I think they wanted to kind of blow things up. Yeah. You know, Bruce uh, Bochy's going to be gone. You got Baumgartner that's, you know, free agent, I think, after this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're they're sitting here like, they're damn, we're winning. Uh, right. You know, and now that you have that second wild card in I there, know, you I, just it, it opens everything do, do up you, so much more for other teams. Do you play for this season or do you try to build yeah. for, you know, a, a longer window down the, down the line? And in no way are the Sox playing for this year. This is longevity. Jeopardy, man. This is for this team to be competitive three, four, five, six years uh, down the road uh, in, in a stretch. Um, all right, let's start wrapping things up. Um, you know, you had mentioned that website, and I just want to give a quick uh, plug to a website that, you know, we use from time to time and, and kind of throws us some love and favor. Uh, MyShySocks.com. That's M Y. C-H-I-S-O-X.com. It's well run. It's organized. It's a one-stop shop for all different kinds of socks, you know, blogs, 
uh, analysts, Twitter stuff, podcasts. Um, you know, I, you know, we have no direct affiliation with it. I just, you know, it's a great site and, uh, Very cool. you know, you, you might be able to find our podcast there, but you can find out it's all about the socks. It's about moving the, the fandom of the socks forward. And if, you know, if we can all be a little bit more knowledgeable, uh, and, and in an organized way, uh, it's good. It's good for the fans. Um, on deck, we've got these four games um, with Minnesota. Uh, four games that are going to feature Giolito, Cease, Nova, Covey. Unfortunately, I'd like to see Covey gone <laughs> from that. Enough of that, right? Uh, and then uh, a day off, and then three against uh, the Mets. Uh, so interesting, interesting stretch here as usual. Um, hopefully, hopefully the Sox pull it out tonight and uh, have back-to-back series, uh, back-to-back winning series. Yeah, I'll give you your last yeah. Lopez yeah. update. It is um, looks like his line is going to be mm-hmm. seven innings pitched, two hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. Wow. And this is in the wow. bottom of the seventh, and the wow. Sox are threatening. So Good. maybe maybe that's we'll a great line. Break up. Yeah, that is. That is a I great mean, line. Gosh, you, you I don't really, care who you're pitching against. That's uh, a great line. I mean, boy, if 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 he can play this out in this manner, and and again, that's I go back to now. I'm looking at these individual mm-hmm. performances. Yeah, you have to now. Yeah, and saying, man, if 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 Lopez ends up being, you know, a, a, a good option, what we hope you've for. got Giolito, yeah. you've got Lopez. You're going to figure Kopech is going to be yeah. there, yeah. and then you got to assume they're going to pick up an arm in, in they free absolutely agency. have to. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. It could yeah. be, it could be really good. Yeah. Pitching, 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 pitching. Um, folks, thank you so much, uh, for joining us. Uh, good guys. Talk back fan centric, blue collar, uh, Chicago white Sox podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at good guys, TB. You can find our Facebook page and like that page. And we're also now uh, on Instagram. Uh, oh, that's Julian. right. Yeah, yeah, we're on Instagram. It's Good Guys TB Socks. Excellent. So you can find us there. We'll be posting pictures. Yeah. I posted some from the game the nice. other night, some really mindless fireworks photos. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> you'll be at the game. Friday. Take some fireworks yeah. photos. Yeah. Send them. Uh, yeah. send, send I'll be them there for Cease. Uh, oh, we'll and see. don't forget to uh, leave us a, a, a voicemail message yeah. on the anchor.fm page. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, For Jeff Julian, I am Nick Morawski. Go Sox.